Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. There's nothing like being home for Christmas. And that's the place that we celebrate great traditions with family and friends. Tonight you guys are going to go maybe for a dinner. Tomorrow you're going to do some things that you always do as a family. And just remember the blessings, the joys, and celebrate their traditions. And we want to welcome to our family. This is like a, a, a home service here, a comfy, cozy home Christmas to get started off as we celebrate the greatest gift that God's ever given us. And so we want to extend a welcome to you tonight, especially if you're a guest tonight. Thanks for coming for the first time. We fail to tell you guys that uh, we take an offering every week. There's offering boxes in the back. So if you do want to contribute to Rosarito or the homeless, uh, those envelopes in front of you, you can just fill that out and put that in an offering box in the back for you. Uh, your, your convenience if that's on your heart. So thank you for coming to be with us tonight. But we want to celebrate this amazing gift that God came to bring us at Christmas time. And Christmas time is the time that we celebrate uh, just the most amazing things. And in our family, we're celebrating some great traditions. Uh, something amazing happened for us this last week is that we have two new family members. Hey, Brett, I'm trying to talk here. Goodness gracious, man. This guy's always trying to take the stage over for me. I have a problem with that. But um, so in our family, we have two foster-adopt children that became legally our children uh, this week. And we're celebrating that. Here's this picture. This is our family Christmas picture right here. There's, there's the courthouse with Judge Kavanaugh and all the family that's been praying and, and loving on these two kids, Crew and Selah, who are now legally adopted into our family. And they're home for Christmas for the first time in that way. So it's a great celebration. And God used Riley and Ben, my son-in-law, my daughter Riley, to pull off an amazing rescue for these kids. Because without their love in these kids' life, they they were destined for homelessness, a life on the streets, drugs, addiction, abuse. That's where they were headed. And and God used Ben and Raleigh to open up their home and pull off a rescue and bring those kids into a home that's going to give them a hope and a future. And, And really, that's not just their story. That's a picture of all of our stories. That's really the picture of the Christmas story for each one of us. Uh, Christmas time, we celebrate this amazing gift that God came to bring us. It's a gift that we don't want to leave unopened tonight. And that's why you guys are here, because you want to open that and enjoy that and celebrate that. Would it be crazy uh, tomorrow to gather around the Christmas tree and open all the gifts, but yet leave the biggest gift right in front of the tree unopened at Christmas time? That would be nuts. Nobody would do that. And yet in our culture, many times we're running so fast, chasing after all the stuff that the world puts in front of us, many times we can forget the greatest gift and leave it unopened at the Christmas tree. And we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to open that up and celebrate that gift as family and friends here at Watermark. And this is the gift. Christmas time is the time that we celebrate that God became like us in order to love us so that we could be at home with him forever. 
At Christmas time, that is the gift that we get to open up, is that God became like us in order to love us so that we could be at home with him forever. We could be home at Christmas and forever with God in an eternal relationship full of love. That was the good news of great joy that was proclaimed to the shepherds in the original Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. There were shepherds that were out in the field. Now, shepherds were the homeless people of the first century. Did you know that? Shepherds were left out of the world's Christmas. And and these angels show up and they share these shepherds that are homeless. They're left out of even religion, the worship. They couldn't go into the temple and worship because they were unclean ceremonially. And so they couldn't worship at the temple. Uh, They didn't have enough money really to buy a lot for their families. They wandered. They were nomads. They were looked down upon. They were kind of sketchy. People thought they, they were, they were kind of sketchy because of their, their job was dirty and they just didn't fit with the culture. And so they were the lowly, the wanderers, the broken. And here's the good news of great joy to spiritually homeless people, the shepherds. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid. And that's what angels always say, right? I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. You see, the good news of this gift of Christmas is great joy for all the people. For all the people, all the time. Not some of the people, some of the time. I mean, that's the good news of worldly happiness, right? That's the good news that's put in front of us all the time on our computer screens, our iPhones, on the signs, every place we go, we're marketed with the good news is you're just one click away from happiness. You're just one job away from happiness. You're just one deal away from happiness. If you get the things that the culture's putting in front of you, you're going to be happy. It's good news of great happiness. There's nothing wrong with happiness. It just doesn't last. I mean, if I make my numbers this year, guess what? There's a whole set of numbers January 1 for you to make the next year. It's a short-term thing, right? What about those presents that all my seven grandchildren will pour through in about 12 minutes tomorrow? How long will those gifts laugh them? Hopefully the shelf life is a month. Uh, that, that's that's if on a good day, right? They're going to run through that stuff, and they're going to be looking for new gifts. After a couple of weeks, where's the next Christmas? Where's the next gifts, right? Earthly happiness is not bad. It's just not enough. It's, it's not enduring enough. It's not eternal enough. It doesn't feed the needs of our soul. We were created for more than just temporary, short-term happiness. That's why Jesus came to bring us good news of great joy. God's joy is different than happiness. Joy is this deep sense of contentment, way down in our soul, and satisfaction, based upon encountering God's eternal love in our life. You see, God's joy is recession-proof. Happiness is not recession-proof, right? As soon as a recession hits, happiness goes out the door for many people. Lost jobs, lost income, lost investments. Happiness goes out the door, but joy does not. Happiness is, is not rejection-proof. One of my daughters is applying for medical school, and she got a rejection letter. That that didn't make her very happiness. Her dream of going to that school went right out the door. Rejection letters were denying you interest in the school that's going to bring you happiness. That's worldly stuff. But God's good news is about joy. It's greater than rejection. 
Because it's based on God's eternal love and choice of each one of us. He will never reject us. And the world's happiness, it's not regret-proof. Even at Christmas time, many of us go through the most difficult season of our life. We have depression and despair because of regret with loved ones and people that we've had difficulties and tension and our families are full of that many times. And so there's regret. But God's joy is bigger than regret. It is eternal. It is internal. It's inside of us. It's abiding. It's abundant. And that's what Jesus came to bring us at Christmas time. That's what he wants to fill your heart with his eternal love and his eternal joy, because he became like us. This will be a sign to you. How do we know this good news of great joy? The shepherds are looking for that. Where is that? Here's the sign. You're going to find a baby. A baby in a manger. A baby in a dirty stable. A baby in a messy place. And this baby is a special child because he's God himself with skin on. You see, God became a child a vulnerable, humble, right, fragile, beautiful baby. He became like us. He took on humanity so he could communicate his love to us in a special, amazing way. I I got a couple of grandkids, and if you want to hold them sometimes, I'll load them out to you for a couple of hours. But holding this little cuddly, thinly bear, I mean, she is just like always smiling. She's cuddly and huggy and you pick her up and she smiles and she looks and she's full of joy and she brings joy to your heart because she's approachable she's available she's authentic she's inviting that's god i mean we all think about the hard side of god he's this omni god he's this angry god he's this judgmental god no he that's not god god became a baby so that you would know his approachable available love in your life and that means god understands everything that you're going through Not from afar, he became a baby so that we would know we're not alone in the struggles and the difficulties of life. You see, Christmas brings us joy in knowing that God understands everything that we're going through. Even the struggles and the difficulties, the doubts and the fears, the regrets, the failures. God understands those. He's walked in our shoes. Jesus understands many times it's hard to be in a family at Christmas time. Being home for Christmas may be hard for you. Because of family struggles and difficulties, do you know Jesus lost his dad at an early age? His father Joseph died at an early age. Do you know Jesus' brothers didn't believe in him and they doubted him and they chided him? A little sibling rivalry. He had to deal with that, the son of God. Do you know that Jesus' mom many times misunderstood him and asked him to do things that he wasn't ready for? Jesus understands what it's like to be in a struggling family what it's like to go through difficulty. He understands everything about your family, not just the happiness and the good stuff, but also the broken stuff in your life. That's the good news of great joy, that God wants to be with you in those challenges and difficulties of your life. He became like us. Why? So that he could love us. Because the angels say, today it's not just a baby, but this baby has a name. He is a savior and he is Lord. That's the names of Jesus. That's why he came. He came to do a divine rescue effort in our lives. To be our Savior and to be our Lord. Not lording over us with judgment and shame and guilt, but lording over us with joy and peace and happiness and grace and joy. He grew up and he became our Savior. Because we've all got an eye problem in our life. 
We see it especially at Christmas time because, man, I got to have an iPhone. I got to get an iPad. I need iTunes. I got to get an iMac. And I need an iMovie to watch at Christmas time. It's all about me, right? I got, I got to have it. And I got an eye problem in my life. The Bible says we've all got an eye problem. We tend to put ourselves above others. We tend to put ourselves above God. We tend to think that we can control life, manage life, and do life without God on our own. And when we do that, when we have an eye problem, we tend to mess up our relationships. We tend to bring brokenness in this world. Why do we have an eye problem? Look at all the mess in our world at Christmas time. Look at the hatred. Look at, look at the, the addiction, look at the abuse, look at the struggle, look at the sexual dysfunction, look at all the brokenness in families that have to d- deal with. That's because we've got an eye problem. We don't have to learn it, we just come with it naturally. I, my grandson, he's got an eye problem. We put together all the Christmas presents, you know, and we put them there around the tree and... Uh, before, before he said, you got to wait to Christmas, you can't open these early. And he got so excited, he wanted to open a Christmas present early. So he went up and opened the Christmas present early, and then he told his sister about it. Why did he do that? He's got an eye problem. Kathleen's, why did he do that? Well, guess what? That's because I did that when I was a kid. I gave him the eye problem. That's what I did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I would sneak under the Christmas trees. I would open up the Christmas presents and find out what I was going to get, wrap them up, back up, and try to fool my, my, my mom. I had to confess it to her. She's never known that before this year. Fuck you. Oh, my gosh. You've got an eye problem. I've given it to my grandson now. We've all got eye problems. And we pass that natural, selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed bent on through the generations. The Bible calls that sin. S-I-N. An eye problem. And because of that, there's consequences in our world. We're like the real Christmas trees. Anybody have a real Christmas tree in their home? We got a real Christmas tree. It is beautiful. It's got lights, and it's got all the baubles, and it's got all the stuff. It's awesome. But guess what? When I get underneath the tree and I try to put water in it, guess what? The tree's dead. Our Christmas trees are dead. They've been slit from the roots, right? They've lost the life source. The Bible says... When we chose to have an eye problem, we separated ourselves from God. The wages of sin is death. We became disconnected from our creator, our father, and we walked away. We tried to do without him, and we created death and brokenness. We got an eye problem, and Jesus came for that eye problem. And the Bible says he didn't come for a Christmas tree. He came for a cross. He came to die in our place to take on the eye problem to take on sin, to take on justice. And he died in our place. And three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he was God, so we could have a spiritual reconnection with the life source of God in our life. That's the great good news of joy at Christmas. We can have an eternal relationship with God based on his grace because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news of Christmas. He came to love us, not just to be like us, to love us so that we could be at home with him forever. See, that's not the first one who sang the song, I'll be home for Christmas. That's not the first time it was sung. That song was sung by Jesus a long, long time ago. He was in a a home, an upper room with his disciples. It was the night before he went to the cross and he said, I want you guys to be home for Christmas forever. 
And this is what he said after he told his disciples, guess what? One of you is going to betray me. You're all going to deny me. And I'm going to die a lonely death on the cross. But don't let your hearts be troubled because there's a purpose for all this. I'm making a home for you in heaven forever. This is what he said. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. Heaven is like a Father's house. There are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Jesus said, heaven is like a father's house. I'm dying for a purpose to raise from the dead, to defy gravity. I try to defy gravity every week, right? I go to the gym and I work on this old body and I defy a little bit of gravity. I get a little bit of joy out of that. But guess what? Jesus ultimately defied gravity. He rose from the dead. Nobody else has done that before. He showed himself as the disciples and they saw him. And these men wrote these gospels and they died for this truth because it was real. Jesus is the only man to ever defy gravity because he's God in the flesh who came to die and live for you prepare a place in heaven. Heaven is like a father's house. The only thing that's not there is all the stuff that messes up our families. Death and sadness and sick and sickness and sorrow and hatred and brokenness and shame and guilt and addiction and abuse. That's not in heaven. It's only the good stuff that you celebrate with your families like laughter and joy and giving and peace and love and affection. Those are the things that last in the Father's house. And Jesus says, I'm going there so we could be together forever. Your Father, he wants you home forever. That's why he brought the unopened gift of Jesus into your life. He came to make a way home. Jesus says, you know the way to the place where I'm going, right? And Thomas, I love him, he always asks the great questions. Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? How do you get to the Father's house? How do you get to an eternal home in heaven? Every religious system on this planet has an answer to that. And the answer, the religious answer is, here's what you have to do to earn your way home. Here's what you have to earn. Here's what you have to accomplish. Here's the spiritual work that you have to do and become a morally good enough person to earn away from the Father's house. That is not the answer that Jesus gives. Thomas says, we don't know the way. How do we get there? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is not just another religious leader pointing the way to God. He is God himself who came to make a way for us. Christianity is not a religion. It's not the things that you do. It is a relationship, a gift that God gives you through faith in his name. It is a gift. It's not about your work. It's about his work for you, his death and his resurrection on your behalf. It is the greatest gift of good news of great joy. Jesus knows the way home. And he can give you that gift even tonight if you've never received it. How do we open that gift the same way they did it back then for thousands of years. Here's the way the gift is open. It is open by faith. It is open by you opening your heart and asking Jesus to be your Savior and King. That's what he came for. Here's what Paul says. It is by grace. It is by gift that you are saved. Through faith. This is not from yourselves. You don't work your way into salvation. Jesus came to earn salvation for you. It is a gift. It's not by works. Nobody can boast. 
Who boasts that they earn a gift at Christmas time? Do, do your parents give you a gift and go, oh, thanks, I earned that. I deserve that, right? That's entitlement. That's not Christmas. God earned it for you, and you receive it, and you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this gift of eternal hope through your son. This is what happened at Christmas. We put lights up on our trees. We put lights on our houses. This is to celebrate God's true light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That's Jesus. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So many people don't recognize the gift of Jesus at Christmas time, and they continue to run after all the stuff that the world offers, earthly happiness, and Jesus came to give us eternal joy. But those who did receive him, those that believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, adopted into his family, just like Ben and Riley adopted those children. We are adopted by God because of his gift in eternal light through his son. Children not born of a natural descent, not natural birth, but an eternal birth, born of God himself, born of God's spirit. God puts that eternal light in each of our hearts so that we would, might know the gift. Tonight we're going to end our Christmas service with a time of singing and celebration and candle lighting. Does everybody have a candle? Ben Appleby's got a candle. Just a couple instructions here for those who have children in their life. Uh, we're going to come around and light these candles, and you guys are going to help light the candles, pass it the baton from one person to the next. Don't turn like this, though. That's a no-no, because that candle wax is going to write down on your beautiful dress. Don't do this, because you might light your mom's hair on fire. You don't want to do that at Christmas. Keep those candles straight up and keep them burning bright and let's celebrate that. But before we do that, I want to give you a chance, if you've never done this before, to open God's eternal gift in your heart. When I was 16 years old, there was a girl in a gym. I was playing basketball. I felt lonely and broken because I had lost my girlfriend. I had wrecked my car. I was walking around the street. I felt, I felt lost and broken. And this girl loved me because she was full of the light of Jesus Christ. She invited me to church, and I opened that gift for the first time at 16 years old. And God has changed my life forever. I want to offer that gift to you tonight. How do you do it? By faith. Just by praying a prayer, asking Jesus into your heart for the first time. Opening that gift and thanking him for his grace and his love. If you've never done that and you want to do that tonight, I want to invite you to do that with me. I'm going to pray a prayer. Let's bow our heads together. Don't try to light the candle while your head's bowed, though. That's, not, that's, that's like me driving my eyes closed. That's kind of scary. Okay, let's bow our heads real quick. We're going to pray. And if that's the desire of your heart tonight, if you want to say yes to Jesus, maybe you've never done that before, and you want that gift of eternal joy, maybe the world is not working for you. Maybe you feel broken and alone. Maybe you want that eternal home with God forever and you want to be sure of that Jesus Christ says I am the way the truth and light I will leave you home I will lead you to the Father and so would you pray this prayer with me in your heart and just pray it to God it's, it's, it's about your heart with God pray this to Jesus and follow my lead dear Lord Jesus tonight I realize that you are the gift of eternal life and so I choose to open my heart to you for the first time. I ask you to come in. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for rising from the dead so that I could have the gift of eternal life. I receive that gift by faith in Jesus' name. 
Lord, fill me now with that eternal light, your Holy Spirit, and begin to lead me in a life of joy and peace and love. And give me that security that one day I'm going to be in your home with you forever. You are the light of the world. And tonight we celebrate that gift as we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.